You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. So first I would like to introduce the panel and I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. So we'll start on that end and come toward me. Again, if you didn't catch my name, my name is Terry Spears and this is a joy for me because usually I'm one of them and having to answer the questions and they do not know the questions. So this time roles are reversed and I get to ask the questions. So, so here we go. All right. Yeah. We emailed and we were like, are we going to get the questions ahead of time or, and they're like, no. Okay, well, here we go. Um, I'm Ashley Humphrey, and um, I am at the Greenville campus. My husband has the honor of being the teaching pastor in Greenville, and I uh, have three kids, and super excited to be in Simpsonville this weekend with you guys. So I'll pass it to Emily. Hi, I'm Emily Lacer, and I am a wife to Chris for 11 years this year. And we have twin girls that are almost five, and a little sweet boy that's six months old. I am Sandra Teague. I'm just an old church lady and a gift fairy. Um, <laughs> my husband's name is Jerry, and he is retired military. I have five grandchildren, and currently three are living with me for a little bit, and I get to rock Henry every night because... We're in the middle of moving. They're in the middle of moving. It's great. <laughs> he likes me better. He just likes her for the feeding part, and then he's all mine true story. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm Lynette and I'm married to Doug. We have four kids and one grandson. And my daughter is married to Terry's son. So you better be nice in your question. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. So in my extended family, you two are outlaws. Because you're not in-laws. You're outlaws. Mm. It's true. Explain yourself, Laura Beth. I don't need to. If you're, Sounds like, like they you're, need to be in the relationship. You're not class. in-laws. Oh, you're talking so about between Lynette and I. Yes. Oh, she's outlaws. just my friend. She's my good friend. Yeah. You can thank my brother for that one. <laughs> All right. So Jerry and I are outlaws. We're, yeah, so. You have lots of outlaws in your life. I do have lots of outlaws. And a lot of them in this room. Or really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're all family, right? So we're all outlaws. There we go. There you go. All right. I'm Laura Beth Kuyar, and I'm married to Joe, who's the local lead pastor at the Greenville campus. And we've got five kids, uh, 13 down to four, and they are all louder people than me. Every single one of true them. True statement. True statement. So true. True statement. Okay, so like I said, I have the privilege of coming up with the questions and asking the questions. Transparency here, those that know me know this is a huge pet peeve of mine. I am a big paper stationary person. I couldn't get my printer to print on these beautiful cards really well, so I had to tape. Oh, it's awful. I had to tape my questions on here because some of them are too long for me to write out. And so I was just in a, in a mess last night trying to, so, so if you see, it looks like multiple, like double the questions. It's not, it's not. So 
I'm going to start out, and I am going to, okay. I'm, some are, are kind of serious, and some are more lighthearted, but um, the first question, and I will start with Emily. Yes. <laughs> um, I knew that was going to happen. Yes, she's a newbie. So, some of us in this room are in the middle of a Bible study on comparison by looking at the story of two sisters in the Bible, Rachel and Leah. I told the ladies, I lead the Thursday morning class, and um, I told the ladies that I believe we are all comparison theorists. You know, conspiracy theorists, comparison theorists. Um, I believe we all struggle with some form of comparison, whether it's body image, careers, family, ministries, even we compare our struggles, don't we? I mean, if we're real, we compare our struggles. Um, we've heard it said that comparison is the thief of joy. I believe we can take that further by saying comparison is the thief of the joy of community. And that's what this whole weekend has been about, is coming together unity, community, um, rallying together. And I really believe that's a big thing, is comparison steals that joy from us. So, I want to know some ways that you have found that work for you to combat the comparison theorist inside of you. That's a good question. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Can you read the whole thing all over again? Um, No, I, um, it's interesting because my career, I'm actually a hairstylist. So I constantly, and I see this daily, but I also live this daily too, because that's just what we do as women, especially. Um, but I always get pictures. I want to look like this, mm-hmm. but what they don't realize or what they do realize after I get done with them is that there's always a filter. So to set your mind in that place of, to remove the filter off of all the things in life, to remove the filter off of hey, I like this person's couch. I wish I had a better couch. Well, your couch is placed in your house for a reason. Just like you're placed in certain situations for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's more difficult than others. And I, I do struggle with it. Mm-hmm. But um, just realizing that you are made for a purpose. You are made just the way you are. You were put in your own situation for a certain purpose, whether that be to teach you a lesson or to help others learn from things or to teach others. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Okay, great. Good job, good job. Um, Lynette, what about you? Same question. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. How do you combat oh. the, how do you combat the comparison? See, I'm not as good as Emily, I not even remember. Oh, <laughs> comparison. <laughs> comparison. How do you combat <clears throat> comparison? Wow, okay, I hadn't thought about it. I I think probably my first, and I know this is gonna sound funny because I just spoke on prayer, but I think prayer is Mm -hmm. literally what I turn to because you can feel it coming on, you know, all those lies. And in in my talk, I I call it Satan static. You know, "Ah, you don't Mm. have the same cute hair, you know. I'm just glad to have hair, thank you. (laughs) So just, I think prayer just like, Lord, you created me in your image. You formed me in my mother's womb. You have a plan. And this is who I am and who am I to criticize that or compare myself because that's not who I am or who you need to use for your glory. So honestly, it's good prayer. (laughs) Good answer. Yep. Yep. If 
if you've been in anything I've led, people have heard me say that I'm not created with any more or less of God's image than the next person. Yes. We're all created in the same amount of his image. And um, to complain, which is comparison, is complaining, right? Is a slap in his face. Um, you know, it's, it's, you didn't make me right, Lord. You didn't put me in this right circumstance. You know, my struggle is tougher than so-and-so's. And, you know, it's so. Okay. Our Beth? Um, as Lynette was talking, I was reminded of the verse about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who mm. weep. And um, I think part of it also is just being willing to put yourself aside and rejoice that someone else has a beautiful couch mm. or that that actress has the perfect haircut <clears throat> or whatever it is, but just being willing to look at someone else and say, God made you the way that he did or God gave you this and that's good. Mm. And just being willing to be excited for other people where they are. And then in turn, weep with those who weep as well. Um, so I think that that's the flip side of it is that we always compare on the good things, but we don't compare on the grief, right. you know. So but God calls us to, to do both. Yep, so. exactly, exactly. Ashley, how would you answer this? Um, I would say gratitude, honestly, because I think times in my life when I've had the hardest time not comparing, it's when I'm not being grateful for mm -hmm. what I have. And um, I heard a quote once, and it's always stuck with me. I heard it years ago, but it said, someone else's success doesn't diminish what God has called and purposed mm -hmm. you with. And I think sometimes we can take one of those things and it can feel like it off balances something and it, it doesn't. That's just rejoicing with something that somebody else has been called to do and you know, it doesn't change the calling on your life or the, the gifts that God is going to give you or somebody else. But right. that's something that's always stuck with me. But yeah, just gratitude and being grateful for the couch I have. <laughs> or grateful for and the cushions the, on the know, couch. <laughs> yeah, or the pretty pillows. Or yeah, just being grateful. I think when we feel entitled to things, we lose gratefulness and then we compare and it's just a slippery slope. Yeah. So Sandra. So if I have to speak about my, my couch, which is really a double chair, um nobody likes to sit in it because it's so wore out unless you like to sit like this. That's me. I'm watching TV, so I love my chair. Nobody covets my chair. Um, Henry loves my chair. Um, how, how I deal with, with that kind of thing um, when I start feeling all those feelings and I jump into that rabbit hole of self-pity, um, I'm reminded to, hey, you know, get away from that. I put on some praise music or something that's uplifting that takes the focus off, whatever it is. And then within minutes, you, you actually start feeling better and realizing that, you know, if the Lord never gives you another thing, you're... You're blessed enough. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's good. Okay. Lynette and Laura Beth have led us beautifully in the breakout sessions on prayer and worship in the Word. Different seasons of life and life circumstances can create different challenges for consistent prayer time and time in, the Lord, in His Word and with the Lord. So what are some ways that you've maneuvered that in different seasons? Okay. Arbeth, I'll start with you. I think one of the things that I shared in at least one of the two sessions, I don't even know which one, um, was that sometimes when we have a plan for spending time with God, but there are so many variables that are like five kids. It's a variable. It's actually five variables. And they interact right. in different combinations, which make way more variables. Um, have a plan, but also have a backup plan. My backup plan often looks like 
about 9.30 in the morning and a locked bathroom door. They think I'm going to the bathroom, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm reading my Bible. Um, so sometimes it's just being willing to pivot and know that like if this plan falls through, I'm going to revert to this one and I'm going to do this. It's like building a habit and then a fail safe at the same time. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Ashley, what about you? Um, I would say the idea that what you spend the most time doing is what, um, is the most important to you. And so if I'm dedicating my time to prioritizing other things, then that's one, what I'm going to become, but also what's the most important thing to me. And I think the biggest shift in my mind is seeing, studying God's word and spending time with God as an investment. And if you're not future-minded, you don't invest well. I mean, that's a financial principle too. If you're not future-minded, you're not going to invest now. You're going to do the immediate gratification thing. So, so many times I can do the immediate gratification thing because I need to get that laundry load started. I need to da-da-da-da. I'm not going to be able to focus on quiet time until I da-da-da-da-da. And then I before I know it, it's three in the afternoon and my kids are coming home from school and I'm like, oh. So I think a lot of it is just um, realizing that those other things are always going to be there and God's word is waiting for me to invest and invest the next day and invest the next day and the next day and seeing, you know, how that plays out in the future of what I want to grow into, you know, in that investment. Right. right. Sandra, what about you? Um, there's, there's different things like, like lower bath. Mine is, I call it the sauna. If I say I'm in the sauna, I've got the shower going and I'm usually on my Bible app doing my devotion because I, I would, I love to, to start in the morning, but like the list, I don't concentrate as much. So if those scrape by me, I don't feel guilty about it. I just, I just see other things. The Lord sends me other things that are intentional. Like my sister one day sent me a devotion. It was just what I needed at just the right time. So I do strive every day to spend time, but I've managed to not feel guilt. He's not keeping score. He just wants us to talk to him. Right. So bless him. I talk to him all day long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Lynette, what about you? I was thinking the same thing. Like when, when the kids were young and we had, I had four under the age of five, which was nuts. And I had to make it a discipline. I had to get up. I had to ask the Lord to literally get me up <laughs> before the baby because you didn't know exactly when that would be. So <clears throat> establishing that habit when they were young then just became a, a, a blessing. And then going through cancer and chemo, I just felt blessed, so blessed to be able to spend that kind of time with the Lord. And I would just sit with my Bible and a couple books. and But same as Sandra, you know, the Lord knows what we need in that day. So you just commit the day to him and ask him to give you his, his daily bread. And he does. And it blows me away every time. I'm like, you're so good. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. But he's just such a sweet personal God that he enables us, whether we're able to sit down and discipline time in the word or we have to have a you know, like she said, pivot and do something else or he provides. It's just amazing. That reminded me of another thing. Um, I have an intentional spot and I switched it around until it worked for me. And it's literally, where am I every morning? What do I walk? I walk into my closet and to my left, I have a prayer board and a prayer calendar. So regardless of what I'm doing that day or how busy I get, it makes me stop and focus because my makeup's right underneath it. <laughs> and so it's a visual for me to say, okay, let's just stop a minute and let's just pray over whatever, whatever you have here. Because I'm a list, I have to have post-its and stuff. That's just right. the way it is. Emily, with three young ones, how do you, how do you maneuver that? 
Well, I don't have a specific time every single day. My, my time varies. So there's some mornings where it's like, hey, the kids might have slept in, which never happens. So I do like a nine o'clock, or sometimes it's nine o'clock at night. But um, the thing that I've struggled with is that sometimes I feel guilty that I don't have a specific set time every day. But what I've been taught all these years in a quote that my mother has told me is that guilt is not of God. Right. So you don't wanna set, you don't wanna feel guilt. That's not the Lord. The Lord is not punishing you for not getting up at 5.30 a.m. and having a quiet time. Yeah, it's not a to-do list. It's right, not a and so like, and like Lynette said, mm -hmm. Different times of the day, the Lord interjects in your life, and that's when you take the time to focus. Like, my time is when the kids are out of the car, and I'm driving to work, and I have my little quiet time, I have my prayer, um, and then there's times where I get my notification from my Bible app, where like, here's your verse of the day, and then mm -hmm. the Bible app, they always have an extra little devotion within it, and videos and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Okay, yeah. All right, now a more lighthearted one. What is something that your mother has told you or taught you that you still do and, you, and she never explained why? You know, when they say, okay, I'll give you an example. My, <laughs> I don't know why we were talking about this, but I have a daughter named Hannah and I have a daughter-in-law named Hannah, so it gets really confusing in our family. So, but my daughter, Hannah, made a comment to me one day. I don't know why we were talking about this. We're in a room full of women except for the photographers. Um, and... Up there. God bless Hi. you guys. <laughs> um, she said, Mom, why did you tell us not to shave our thighs? And I said, I told you that? And she said, yes. You told us that when we first started shaving our legs. And I said, I guess because my mom told me that. I don't know why she told me that. I said, maybe she just didn't want me to wear mini skirts. You know, it was, <laughs> it was in the 70s. So it was, you know. Um, so that's just an example from me, do you have an example of something your mother told you to do or did that you do and you really don't know why? There's not a reason for it. Sandra, who, who so, her mother is my mother-in-law, so. This is my daughter, so you can't, <laughs> well, you can talk about some of it. We probably agree with most of it. But um, one thing that I remember my mom taught me that her mother taught her was you can't cut your fingernails or play cards on Sunday. <laughs> Can't do them at the same time. It's hard. It's difficult. It's really so I never really found out why. To this day, she'll say, you're playing cards on Sunday? So I do hesitate to even cut my nails. It's, there's a little guilt, but I'm trying to get past the legalism and do it anyway. Emily? Okay. <laughs> yes, we'll go right on Remember, table. you're living in my house. Well, let's just say this is a learned action. Oh. <laughs> to psychotically clean your house before vacation. Yes. Oh, Anybody? I'm all that. Listen. And. What, what, if, I, what if I die? They're not going to come I, into a trash I house. I, and to Clorox your countertops after you eat dinner. What? You clean your countertops. Clorox, Clorox wipe. You know Clorox what 2020 wipe. did to me? It was like one wipe. <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> Laura Beth? I can't think of anything. Oh, come on. I'm, I'll keep thinking, but pass. pass. Okay, okay. And I'll, all right. I'll make Lynette? something up. 
Ashley. <laughs> My mom is here, so this is even better. <laughs> well, her mom is sitting right beside her. So. <laughs> to never shave your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Did she tell you this? Yeah. Why? <laughs> that is so funny when you said that because I was like, I can think of a lot of things. <laughs> But they eventually made Maybe sense. Her mom, yeah, we're, but that one never did. I guess our moms told us the same thing. I don't know. So. Maybe it's like you're teaching your girls to do something. You're like, don't do that. But. I think they didn't <laughs> want their adult, like preteen daughters to like nick themselves and bleed to death. Maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm she also taught me to never show up empty-handed and to always say thank you, even if you're not quite thankful. You That's a great, <laughs> good hospitality <laughs> tip. Yes. Emily's still apologizing. <laughs> hey, just so you know, if you drop something on my counter, you can pick it up and eat it because it's clean. Don't put your cell phone on her counter. No, it's dirty. Ever. We could go Oh, on and don't put shoes on the bed. No. Oh, that's, oh. Or your nasty mm. suitcase. There's mm. bugs. There's bugs. So. Just think of anything? Okay. Gotcha. Pass. All right. So, my four-year-old granddaughter yells at the door as her brothers, who by the way, one's in middle school and one's in high school, okay? As her brothers get out, she's four. As her brothers get out of the car, she, at school drop-off, she yells, make some girlfriends today. <laughs> now, she doesn't mean girlfriends like to go on a date, girlfriends. She means girl friends, friends that are girls, because she says boys are stupid. So, <laughs> so she, then they just moved back to the area. So she is trying to say, make friends, make some friends, but she'd prefer they be girls. Okay, Sandra showed us some tangible ways to make and be friends. Can you share a time that you've been intentional in making a friend or someone has been intentional in befriending you and that friendship has lasted a while? Maybe, maybe just for a season and maybe even to this day. Laura Beth, I'll let you go first. My longest, bestest friend in the world is here today. I know. I've known Molly Hacker since the week before we both turned 12. And how did y'all meet? We met because my dad was going to, he was going in view of a call in Southern Baptist lingo at <laughs> Coleman First Baptist Church. And Kathy Abernathy Hacker was on the search committee. And as they were talking, to, they, got, they realized that their daughters both played flute and they were both in the sixth grade and they both loved to read. And we ended up being besties. Isn't that cool? She sent me a card after the first time we met, a letter. I think I still have it somewhere. Oh. Mm. Anyway, sealed with a cut tongue, swacked on the back in fashionable middle school 90s <laughs> style. And we were pen pals until we moved there and then awesome. besties from that summer on. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. All right. Lynette? Beat that. Oh, great. <laughs> she didn't answer the last question, so she had to make up for it this time. So. Ooh, challenge. Mm. All right, I got you. I had a friend. My name's Lynette. Her name is Lenise. <laughs> Lenise and Lynette. Teachers always got us mixed up. Lenny, and fortunately, she was a better student, so I was like, yeah, I'm Lenise. 
<laughs> but she, we were great friends. She lived right down the road, and we'd hang out pretty regularly. And it was cool to see our friendship and our faith like grow together. And my dad was called to be a pastor when I was in junior high. So for high school, we lived in Southern California. But then I, as soon as I graduated, I was like, I'm moving back. So I moved out of the little cowboy town and moved up to an, another city in California. And she, that's where she was. And we ended up going to school together again and reconnecting and being mentored and when the mentor was, she was from England, was wonderful. We had such a blessed time. She taught us how to do tea. And you have to say it that way. Do you do tea? So, so it was fun. And they moved back to England. And so Lenise and I went out on the campus and literally prayed together. We were like, we need to be able to be bold and sharing the gospel like our mentor taught us. So we went out and we prayed and we're like, God, just show us who, who's willing to talk about spiritual things. And we went up to this bench with three girls and they were like, yeah, sure. So we shared the gospel and they all three prayed and asked Jesus to come into their heart. Oh. And it was beautiful and such a sweet way to bond, you know, that friendship that had already been there for years. And so we still stay in touch. We went on mission trips and stuff. And in fact, Hannah and Jeffrey are going out to California, and they may connect. Nice. So it's really cool. Very fun, very blessed. All right, Sandra? Um, I have a lifelong friend. We met in elementary school, and she only beat me up once. <laughs> <laughs> and she was shorter than me, so I don't know how that came down. But um, anyway, so we met elementary school. She lived down the street. We didn't have cell phones and all that nonsense, so we actually played outside and got to know each other and rode bikes and all the things. And so she moved to California, and then she was funny because she's like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to raise my kids in the South. Well, the Lord put them in Alabama. <laughs> like, how'd that work out for you? So we um, went to an amazing little church in Trenton, Michigan, and we, I'm all about beach camps and trips for kids. That's where we both got saved. We actually got saved the same day. And I went to our little dorm thing, and she's crying, and I'm like, what's going on? Who's hurt my friend? And she's like, I just received Jesus, and I said, I ain't staying here. So she's going to get into heaven just a little bit before I do, but that's okay. <laughs> it's that comparison thing. And if anybody says anything, she'll be chalked. All right. Emily? So what's the question? <laughs> I was going to ask the same thing. I think, can you share a time that you've been intentional in making a friend or someone has been intentional in befriending you? Okay. So I've had two buddies since I was itty bitty. Um, we've lost touch and then got back in touch and lost touch and back in touch. But I will say it's hard to be a friend because especially with young kids, you're busy. Mm -hmm. Like your nights are full of, well, really messy dinners or soccer practice. My kids don't play soccer. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> but, and I'm, I'm not good at this, and some people in this room know that I'm not good at this, but the biggest thing, the easiest thing, or the best thing to do is just to make a date. Just to, mm -hmm. even if it's like next month. And it's funny because there's a girl in this room that we were supposed to have a double date, and we were both newly pregnant, and we were both so sick 
<laughs> we still haven't had our date. But it's gonna happen, maybe next year, or maybe next week, I don't know. But to be intentional about setting aside the date and the time, or even just sending a message thinking about you, which I'm not good at that either. But I do think about people, um, but just again, being intentional about communication and contacting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Mine is maybe more of a generalization, but I think when I think of deep friendships that I have, I think of friends in the trenches. And so it's easy to kind of do life with and float around with people, even at things like this. But it's when you have people that know you're in the trenches and there are some on stage that have been like that to me and they know you're in the trenches and they are the people that are like, hey, your group message is great, but how are you really doing? Because that doesn't right. seem like you're so great. Or the people that show up on your doorstep when you're having the worst day ever or it doesn't really make sense. You're like, they didn't need to do that but they did it anyway. And I think those things in being a friend and receiving love from friends has always been so just cool in my mind for right. the people that are just there for you in the, in the trenches of things. So, yeah. And that's the beauty. Honestly, I mean, we, we talk about the, the warnings of technology and all that, but it's the beauty of today is such a blessing that we've got texting and we've got things like that, that we can send a quick note. We can do that. We can communicate on, on, on the fly, so to speak. So, by the way, I just saw Emily drinking some water. Y'all have got glasses that y'all can drink some water. Ooh, they're they're very pretty. Uh, well, kinda. Didn't really mean to be right there. Okay, so speaking of that, um, even what Ashley just kinda ended up with, in the movie Miss Congeniality, I'm dating myself because that's an old movie. A beauty contestant is asked what she considered to be the perfect date. Her response was, I have to say April 25th because it's not too hot and not too cold and all you need is a light jacket. So, of course, that is not the type of answer the host was looking for, but more so what they consider the perfect outing, okay? So what would you consider the perfect date with your friends, with your, a group of friends? What would you consider the perfect date with your friends? Ashley, I'll let you go first this time. You can't say world peace. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I can tell y'all a story about Jeffrey on that one. But. Uh, even though I'm an extrovert, I get very overwhelmed when there are so many people and I can't talk to all of them. So it would not be a big date. It would be like, well, I, I'm not saying like a, oh no, no, like, no, I'm not saying this people, many. I'm saying yeah, yeah. like maybe just a few. For some people, it may be all their people though. And that would be fantastic right. for some. For me, I'm like, oh, but you're down there. No, I, yeah, so I'm, I would I'm with say you the, like a handful of people that handful. you can actually talk to and connect with yes. and probably something involving fall breeze and outdoors and a light sweater and all that would be great too. So <laughs> <laughs> April 25th. But, I, yes, <laughs> but I love connecting with people in a way where you can just sit and have good conversations and it's not all just surface, like yeah, yeah, the weather, the whatever, right. you know, and I think you can do that well when you have not a lot of kids around and you have a smaller group where you can really sure. connect. So, yep. Lynette? Oh, this is the queen of like. <laughs> do I have to pick just one? Yes, you do, because we were limited in time. <laughs> Oh, man, this is tough. Um, gosh, the if you were just to dream of the perfect outing, you want me to come back to you? Yeah. Okay. Sandra. Campfire by the water somewhere. It's cold. You have on a blanket. 
and there's pizza, Dr. Pepper, and s'mores. There you go. There you go. I'm just going to her. All right. Laura Beth? I think any sort of similar situation where there's just time mm -hmm. and open room mm -hmm. to connect and there's not an a agenda that can't be set aside for conversation and for for the lingering of right. friendship. Right. Yep. Good. And a light sweater. Yeah. And no cell phones. And no oh, cell phones. That's a that's good one. Good. That's a really good one. Emily? I'm a big fan of like a charcuterie board. There you go. <laughs> because there's no expectations of bringing like a huge meal. True. And what else do you do surrounding a charcuterie board? You talk. Right. And so I feel like it's, I don't know, I just, mm -hmm. it's just a place to be open and you can just snack. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like snacking? Yeah. True. Well, it's, yeah. Uh, it's like pretty snacking. It's really it's pretty. Beautiful. And there's cheese. And, and everybody's just kind of reaching over each other. And yeah, so that's fun. All right, Lynette, come on. All right, Number well, one. Honestly, Number one. The first, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was um, a beach trip, like to get away for the weekend. Mm. There's something about that time away and then just an, an overnight, because you get giggly mm. at night, or we do. And then the stories come out, and then it's, it's so much more fun to get to know someone away. And then I thought of the first retreat that I came to. Invite, Hannah invited me to, I think it was 2019. Anyway, and we were at the mountains, mm. and I roomed with you and Amy and Anita. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. And we just stayed up. But that, that free time, that one-on-one, -on -one, that you know, quality time. There's quality time in it, and then there's laughter, and there's a good balance. And yeah, good. I think we should all go on one. There we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> all right. So um, I know we're pushing for time, but in the Southern Baptist Church that I grew up in, we had what they called a shut-in ministry. That sounds awful for a ministry. For those who had to remain in their homes, mostly due to health reasons, okay? Some of you may be familiar with this. Those serving in that ministry would visit, take meals, do crafts with them, even drive them to the doctor, etc. right? The pandemic of 2020 made us, most of us all shut-ins without being ministered to. Made us mostly shut-ins and we weren't able to be ministered to because everybody was shut-in. Um, introvert, extrovert, whether a house full of family or alone, I believe we all felt the weight of isolation and lack of community that the Lord designed for us to have. Looking back, how did you handle the lack of community? What did the Lord teach or make you more aware of during this time? Maybe think of it this way. What were some lessons learned, even those learned the hard way? And then I've got another question that goes along with this, but we'll answer that one first. Looking back, how did you handle the lack of community or did you handle it? You may say you didn't handle it well, or maybe you did. I mean, there's not a, you know, we're all tra being transparent here. Um, how did you handle the weight of isolation due to lack of community? What did the Lord teach you during this time? What was one of the, when you think back at that time, because we're kind of on the other side of it, somewhat, we're slowly getting on the other side of it. Um, Emily, I'll let you go first. So I am an introverted extrovert. 
So I'm good being at home for maybe two days and the third day I'm done. Like I break through that front door. But during the pandemic, the one thing that my family did, as well as I noticed a lot of other families, was to go on a walk. It was interesting how like the world reversed in time and all you saw were families, families walking. And so what that made me come to understand and realize, and it's still a reminder to this day that your ministry starts at home. And if you're not investing in your home life and your kids and your spouse or just with your parents or whoever you live with, then you don't really have a ministry because if you don't have that solid foundation at home and if Christ is not speaking to them, I mean, that's, that's your first, that's your first goal. Right. It's for your family. That's your first goal. And then it just extends from there, so. Good, good. All right, Sandra? Well, the walks were precious. I, I, one of the things he taught me, which I try not to do anyway, is don't take people for granted. Um, I remember even as a leadership team, it's like, let's Zoom. We, it's a disaster. We're talking over each other. We were so excited. And then it's like, can we meet? We'll go in the parking lot. And we'll sit six feet apart. I mean, anything we could do um, towards the end of that. But um, mm-hmm. actually through most of it, I got to drive Donna share crazy because she owns a business um, carrying tra- I think I was the only person who lost weight during that time because she worked my tail off um, because we were going into empty, emptying houses and doing online auctions and that kind of thing. But um, So I had that, thankfully. But it did, it just reiterated just to, to take that time with people. And what saddened me is as time crept towards this way of it, I started hearing again, well, I don't have time. I'll get back to you. And it's like, like Emily said, put the date on the calendar. The date can change. But just put it on there so that, you know, if you can't meet, well, I can't do this. Well, let's do it this day. You will get there. Just be intentional about those friendships. Sure. Okay. Laura Beth? Um, We were pretty good during COVID, but we definitely had some friends that we were willing to break the rules with and that were battle buddies in that and that we could reach out to and say, we need a play date. Mm -hmm. And they were in a similar place in life to the degree that we trusted their germs and they trusted ours. Does that make sense? I mean, it was like, I I knew their circle. I knew they were safe. And I think it translates into a lot of other areas of life. Like I knew my safe spaces. And so while we were isolated, I'm also like, we have a homeschool family. So I'm very used to being home with five children and it wasn't a giant shock to our Mm -hmm. system. Um, but I think the sweetest thing that came out of it, um, Joe and I actually both picked up The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and reading that book and applying the real life requirements of COVID in a spiritual sense and learning to find Sabbath and find rest mm-hmm. and silence and solitude and those things that that book teaches was um, just a, a good that came out of COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, we got a COVID puppy as well. And the dog that was not going to be my dog <laughs> is my dog. And um, I'm his person. It's okay. I've accepted this. Uh, but we started taking walks too. So it, it became a, it was a point of growth for our kids because our oldest was old enough to watch everyone else while we took, while right. Joe and I took walks. And so it became like a daily date in that season too. So there were just things that became, right. that came out of it that were actually sweet and beautiful um, and that were beneficial to us. So. Okay. What was sweet about those walks, too, is the community got involved. And the kids, they would, it was look for the bear in the window or look for something. And they would literally put stops so that the kids could get excited. And so it kind of brought the community together. Oh, no, we left our kids at home. 
Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were walking. <gasps> I gave Whatever the dog works. treats when he sat down for cars, and we walked the dog, and the kids, <laughs> kids were home. <clears throat> it was a mile or less. It was, it was fine. Whatever works. <laughs> I went on a bear hunt. <laughs> Our neighbors didn't do bears. There were skunks around. <laughs> we're in the country. <laughs> All right, Lynette. Right, <laughs> I've arraigned it in. <laughs> did you go on a bear hunt? I didn't go on a bear hunt. I did see them. But <laughs> I didn't hunt them. <laughs> so we did the same thing, um, the neighborhood walks. And um, our neighborhood started bringing food trucks on Fridays, which was seriously so fun because we met all these neighbors we'd never met before because everybody got in line six feet apart around the pool. It was hilarious. And then we'd all take our food and have picnics and get to know each other. It was really good. Yeah, um, and then my neighbor next door, she she'd come out and she if she could hear me, Lynette, Lynette, Lynette. So then we would grab like our lunches from inside and come out, literally set up ladders so we could eat and chat over the fence. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> it was really cool. That's fun. <laughs> and she's a young mom, and it was so neat because um, the Lord during our son's cancer journey kept giving me opportunities to talk to her about the gospel, and she kept coming back with more answers. And so those times I will cherish the little COVID, you know, snacks over the fence because she really asked some deep spiritual questions nice. and I had the sweet privilege of sharing them with her. So okay. yeah, it wasn't bad. Ashley, what about you? Uh, I guess when I think about the COVID era, um, I think for me and from my perspective, and I know a lot of people had some really tough times during COVID, but I feel like what the enemy meant for Herman in some ways, the Lord used for good in so much um, of what mm -hmm. I saw. And that was more time with the people that you really need to focus in on most, like Emily was saying. Um, I saw business people get planted at home because they couldn't travel anymore. And I was really excited about mm -hmm. that because I think people travel too much. Um, but it was really neat to just be able to be with my family and not look at a calendar. Um, and while I certainly miss the community, we would go down the street to Terry's house and <laughs> sneak in to watch church together and break the rules. <laughs> so that was fun. But, um, I think a lot of it is just realizing that we have so much stuff. And I also um, read the ruthless elimination of hurry during that time frame, and God was very unhurried. And I told myself in 2020, I'm not gonna go back to the way things were, and here we are back at the way things were. I know. Um, yeah. But it hits me hardest when you're trying to organize something with friends. And you're like, hey, when can we all get together? Literally, we went on a double date and with another couple of couples and we planned it in June, I think, and it was in August when we were like, well, see you in six months when we can all get together. This is really sad, but mm -hmm. it's just developing margin and knowing what's important and, and we're all busy. But I think that time frame was kind of a level set reset of um, what's important and how to model life. And um, for me, it was a really good shakeup right. of things. So yeah. I kind of miss it, but glad right. to have the community back for sure, but I kind of miss it. <laughs> right, yeah, that's, uh, that's true. And the, the follow-up question, yeah, I think you all had answered it, but you know, even in tough times, the Lord will give us, and when we, especially when we look back at those tough times, the Lord is faithful to give us sweet memories. And there's things that we, we can look back, even in the hard times, and even in those sweet memories, they may have been really hard, hurtful times, 
but this is this it's it's one that's I, I call them you know I'll even say things to people I pray that you your day is filled with blessings that become treasured memories and I can look back at at those days and Yes, I did feel isolated. Yes, you know, I, I feel like we handled it okay, but we, you know, I did feel isolated. I'll be honest. I, I had times of feeling really lonely. Um, but I look back and, and there's some the sweetest times with the Lord, some sweetest times with my family. Uh, I can remember, um, you know, date nights with Brian. And we, were em- and we were empty nesters at that point too, which really made it hard. Um, Kind of. Jeffrey was kind of in and out. Um, spent some time at school and some time at home. But um, even date nights in, in our living room. You know, that we just try to be creative. And, and it's, it's some of the, fi- the church services, Lynette and, and, and Doug would come and, and the Humphreys would come and we would cook breakfast together on Sunday mornings and break the rules and watch church together, and, um, but just some sweet, there's some sweet times in that too. So some of you answered those, but do you have one of those highlight memories that have just become treasures during that time that you would like to share? You don't have to all share, but if you have one, just speak up. None. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I went on a bear hunt. <laughs> did you find any bears? We did. I have pictures. I broke up lots of arguments between toddlers, so that was fun. Oh, that's also, that's always fun. I wouldn't yeah. call it a highlight, though, but I figured I'd just... I think I'll always remember it, and this may not answer any of the questions, but uh, Joe did a video for the church encouraging everyone on how to like worship with your family at home and the tips were so simple it was like turn up the volume sing up you know sing out loud pay attention to it those kinds of things but our kids were like running through the background of the video I I remember that literally he finally gave up on trying to make it quiet so that it could just be real (laughs) does that make sense but that video like is my like picture of COVID and ministry that was life yeah that's awesome that's fun Okay, you've heard us say that laughter is the best medicine. I believe laughter is the perfect anecdote to the me syndrome. You know, those times when you don't take, when you take yourself too seriously and you just really need to laugh at yourself, okay? So, can you share a time that you chose laughing at yourself over being devastated by embarrassment or by being consumed by self-righteousness, as Donna had shared with us earlier, even if it took a while before you were able to laugh over it. Can you think of a time that you just chose, even if it was delayed (laughs) choice, to laugh at yourself over a situation? So many, I don't even know where to start. Because I I put my foot in my mouth every day. So I don't know what I can share. Because I'm saying really dumb things. You can share it. I think I know which one you're thinking of. (laughs) We were just, uh, we have some friends staying with us while they're getting their house built. And we were just talking about this yesterday. And I was like, man, I'm really good at bringing up things. And nobody else had things to say about them putting their foots in their mouths, by the way. I was the only one that had story after story (laughs) after story. I'm like waiting for everyone else to share. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know if I can share this. I'll share it anyway. I don't mean any disrespect to any, anybody, but. Hopefully it'll make you laugh at how dumb I am and make you feel better about yourself. Um, We were at Marshall's um, shopping. This was years ago. 
And you know how sometimes you say phrases or like sayings that you've heard, but they make, like you've never said them before, but you say them and you're like, why did I just say that? I don't know. So we were leaving and Matt, I had a stroller and Matt had something, we were carrying a bunch of stuff. And um, this man from the store opened the door for us with like his, he was like opening it with his leg to let us out. And I was like, thank you. I was like, we have more stuff than arms to carry it with. And Matt looked at me and he was just like, oh my gosh. And I was like, what did I say? <laughs> and so we get to the car and he said, that man had no arms. <laughs> never said it again. But I wanted to go back in the store and apologize. And then I was like, that's just going to make it worse because he's probably telling his coworkers what this crazy woman said. So just be aware of your surroundings. It makes it so much better. Can anyone top that one? She wins. wins. (laughs) Guys, I have so many. That's what's so sad. I have so many. I will just stop there. Can we borrow one? (laughs) Do what? Can we borrow one? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And again, no one else has embarrassing things like that, so I will just. (laughs) My mind just went blank. Like, even if I'd had something, it's so. Sandra and Emily are debating over. All right. Well, Emily's going to make me share this one because they're getting, they're moving into their house, so they're living with us. And we have a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. And she said that I was mad at her. I wasn't mad at her. She was totally mad. was not mad at her. <laughs> so on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I watch my two grandsons. That's my boundary. I watch kids on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mom, I'll pay you to watch them all week. Nope, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and so I have a system. Cell phone goes off. I have my earbuds and all this stuff. And so at the end of the day, I'm like, my earbuds were on that table. We're, you know, in the chair where you sit like this. I said, they're on that table. Has somebody moved them? The twins, usually, they're four. They usually don't mess with them. So we ask them, well, we went on this search. They searched their well, room. Well, I was dusting and cleaning and vacuuming the house, and so you thought I moved it. Cinderella thought <laughs> I was mad at her, but it it's wasn't. It's my form of rent. That's what it is. <laughs> and so we, we walked over to the new house, which is right in back of our house, and all the things. Well, then Chris comes in from work. I'm like, Chris, where, you know, you got this little find my whatever. And so we're following it. I'm like, that is the weirdest thing. It is right where I am. And I'm looking, he said, is it in your pockets? I'm like, no, I had on these little sweatpants. And we, I mean, we went everywhere and the twins are like, Demi, they call me Demi. They made that up. They said, we, we don't have them, Demi. And so I gave them some grace and I looked at Emily and said, did you move my AirPods? No. I'm like, whatever. And I got to spend $200 because you <laughs> it was pitiful. And so being me, I had an extra AirPods case. And I had one because I talked to Donna when I went to get pizza. So I had it in my ear and I thought, I can just use that old one and I'll just have one. Got bad hearing in this ear anyway. One's fine. And so had everybody scattering and looking. Chris is still looking. It's been an hour. And so I sat on the floor where all the extra electronics things are. And I said, so I'm sitting, sitting kind of like this. And I said, I don't know where that... I had elastic in my pants. So when I was rocking the babies, I just shoved them up my pants. <laughs> and I pulled them out. Ryan, she's four. She's like, there they are, Demi. I'm like, girl, do not tell your mother. <laughs> so. And that was the first thing she did was. The very first me. thing. I mean, she ran to her. Mommy, I'm like, stop that child. So. There you go. 
You happy now? Bravo. You're dusting when we get home. <laughs> Do what? I lost them yesterday, too, but yes. it's all good. No. <laughs> There's no They were at home in the rocking chair. They're gone chair. if they were in their pants now. They're gone. So, you have one? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Lynette? I never say the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's not as funny, but I won't compare. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing that came to my mind, I have no idea why this came to my mind, but in high school, I was kind of cute, apparently, because I won Homecoming Queen. And then you were real year, cute. Whatever. No the next year, I went back with my former football boyfriend. We walk in, and you have to, you know, congratulate the next queen and do, you know, all the things. So I get in there and I get really nervous in front of all these people. I'm like, oh my goodness. Cause we had moved again to that small town and I had moved away, but we went back and all the younger classmen were there and they were so sweet, but I woke up and I kind of knew her and I was like, congratulations. And I give her a big hug and I give her the roses and I step back and with everybody's clapping, and then everybody starts looking at me, and I was like, what's, oh, man, is my dress okay? <laughs> and the man in the crowd goes, give her the crown! Give her the crown! <laughs> I was like, oh! Give me the you crown! Keep the crown! <laughs> I earned this I crown, earned I this keep crown. the crown! <laughs> so okay. I had to walk back up. <laughs> Give her the crowd, and then the crowd went nuts, and I was like, I never want to come back here again. Because <laughs> you know, it's just out of high school, it's still self-conscious. It was so, but then like later, a few months later, we die. But I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Now we just laugh. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. so silly. <laughs> I thought of one. Oh, she mentioned high school, and oh, yeah. all right, so yeah, we probably all have plenty from high school. <laughs> I. Went on a mission trip, did like, mm -hmm. it was like serving work in different places and our group was doing a set of skits and leading worship and sign language, cause that was cool then. And um, Happy Hands Club kind of thing. Does anybody know that reference? Anyway, okay, thank you. Napoleon Dynamite, yes, that, exactly. That style <laughs> sign language, all right. So anyway, so we get back to the church and that Sunday night they ask us to, several of us to share what happened on the missions trip, which was great. But I was asked to share what our group did on Tuesday. And Tuesday we'd been to the Alzheimer wing of a nursing home. So I walk up on stage and I start talking about going to this place with these people who can't remember things. I forgot the words Alzheimer's. <laughs> on the stage, like right there-ish, holding a microphone in front of my whole church. That's it. You are a good representation of what you ministered. I was demonstrating. <laughs> you were an object lesson. I was. And I've never been afraid of holding a microphone since. Oh. It can't get worse than that. <laughs> it cannot. Well, I, it might could, but. Let's right. not go there. In Jesus' name, it will never get worse than that. Okay. So, real quick, and you just, it's one word answers. And this will, I, I guess this should probably close us out. Um, 
it'll be one word answers, okay? And we'll start, Ashley, and then just keep that. No, well, they'll start Larbeth and go that way, okay? Do you make up your bed every day only when company is coming or never? Every day. Oh, man. Be truthful. One word. One word, Lynette. One word. Every other day. Sandra? What'd you say? Every other day. Maybe. Every day except on vacation. That's one word. Just said it real fast. Can I say more than one word? No. Yes. When I'm not living with my parents every day. <laughs> but we're living in a bonus room, so with toys. Sometimes, but especially when I don't feel control of my life. <laughs> what? Making my bed helps me feel in control of something. <laughs> this is very true, though. Are you a list maker? No. Not really. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. It's the blue shirts. We all do lists. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. See, we okay. Toilet paper over or under? Just answer one question. Don't give a reason for it. Just one answer, one word answer. Over. 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 We're lucky if it makes it on the roll. <laughs> that was more than one word. I take either if my kids replace it. I was trying to figure out if please was translatable there. Like, please there be toilet paper. Like, put another one there if you use the last of it. <clears throat> no, they just balance it on top. Yes. Um, shoes off when you enter house or on? Off. On. Off. 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 Milk or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Milk. <laughs> dark chocolate. Oh. Whoa. Oh. Judging you. I'm not as healthy, apparently. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Sweet tea. Hot tea. Coffee. Okay. Dogs, cats, neither. I only can pick one. Neither, and I have both. Same. 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 Neither. Grand dog Zeus. Dog. Definitely dog. Okay. There's a cat show, by the way, going on right down here. So, um, this was what I thought of yesterday because I went to the doctor. Do you hide your underwear under your clothes at the doctor's office or not? <laughs> I mean, don't y'all all want to know what they answer? I mean, am I the only one that? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Like they've never seen a bra and panties before. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. I do, but it's my best pair because my mama said to always wear yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I try to make them the match. They don't even see them. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Yes, but I fold everything nicely. Oh, I do too. Yes. Yes. And a strap can't even be exposed because that's, it's if something's right. falling out of the pile, right. it's got to. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. tough. Even when I go for a mammogram, they know we wear a bra. So, I mean. They hope you do. Well, you yeah. <laughs> So, I still hide it. They're not even in the room where I change clothes, but I still hide it. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you, Terry.